Looking for a new 1500 Silverado? Shop Beatty Chevrolet and get 2.9% APR for 72 months on a new 1500 Silverado. Yes, 2.9% for 72 months. Or, if you want a new car and a Chevy Malibu fits your lifestyle, check out Beatty Chevrolet's Malibus under $25,000 till the end of the month. And as always, buy with confidence with the Beatty Warranty for Life. Beatty Chevrolet on Parkside Drive, online at BeattyChevrolet.com. Beatty Chevrolet, locally owned and operated for over 90 years. Good Wednesday afternoon. Welcome in to Josh and Swain. Thank you for being with us today. We are very excited to be with you for the next three hours on a beautiful day here in East Tennessee. It is a warm afternoon. Sometimes you might notice, I'll begin the show saying it's a beautiful day and it's not quite so outside today. Sun is shining. It is warm outside. Jason Swain, we're going to have a time over the next three hours. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing great. The show is set up today at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln, the Kingston Pike location. One of two locations for you in Knoxville, right here next to Walker Springs Road, as well as Parkside Drive. Two locations for you, many different options on the two lots in the Ford lineup, the Lincoln lineup, looking at several Lincoln SUVs right in front of me. The Ford lineup of trucks comes with many different options for you. Find what you're looking for when you shop right here the Kingston Pike location, where we will be until 3 o'clock. We're on Parkside Drive. Or before you come on down, you can go to the website, tedrussellford.net, and shop online. You can search through the vehicles. Uh, What they have on the lot, you can find there on the website. Take a look at it, and then come on down and take a closer look. That's how we did it a year ago when my family purchased a vehicle from the Parkside location. They'll help you find what you need, and they have vehicles right here for you. So check us out. Come on by. We'll talk some Tennessee sports. We have a lot to get to with the basketball game last night. We'll talk Tennessee football. Bill Conley of ESPN with his SP Plus rankings coming out here in the last week, putting Tennessee at number six in the country heading into 2023. will join us at 1230 today. So we'll talk Tennessee and college football. We'll talk hoops. And we'll invite you to be a part of the show. 865-656-9900 is how you can join us. Call or text in 865-656-9900. Jabari Davis, VFL, former Tennessee running back, one hour from now on Josh and Swain as well. At Ted Russell Ford Lincoln, online, tedrussellford.net. Swain, Tennessee, fought hard last night, had a lead through the first half, had to fight back in the second half, and did, had a shot to win the game there in the final couple of minutes. Came up short. Management of the final couple of minutes. Could have been better. We've had that conversation. They were also shorthanded, which is a part of the conversation that we'll get to. But still a loss. Tennessee losing on the road to Texas A&M last night. Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, it was a tough one, tough one for Tennessee because, you know, they went out there and they played, they played their hardest. I mean, they really did. They were shorthanded. Um, no Josiah Jordan-James, no Julian Phillips. And we're talking about you know, almost 20 points in production right there between those two guys. More importantly, their defensive uh, prowess was missing too. Josiah being able to guard multiple positions uh, on the court, Julian being able to do the same. Um, it put a lot of pressure on Zakai Ziegler. And he played 34 minutes. He did a really good job of – not allowing himself to be at risk from getting in foul trouble. Uh, he had three on the night. But you can just tell, man, there's a lot on his plate right now with Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips being out. He is pressing. 
he's not pressing because he's being selfish and he wants all the glory. He's pressing because he wants to help his team win. He wants to help his team win. And sometimes when you press, you're going to make mistakes that normally you're not supposed to make or you're not going to make. But he's trying too hard. And that is something that I admire because I would rather lose with someone that's that's trying too hard than lose with someone who's not trying enough. And remember last year, Josh, Zakai didn't have that pressure on him. He came in off the bench, which is why I think part of the reason why he preferred to come off the bench. He can get a chance to kind of get a feel of the game from the sideline and then boom, come in and help wherever his team needs to help. But now, as a starter, he he is counted on to basically be the guy who penetrates and gives people good looks and get to the rim. He's the only guy right now that is able to do that. Correct their own shot. He's the only guy right now. And he's 5'9". There's only so much he can do at 5'9". Think about all the times that he's handling the ball. He goes semi-baseline to the paint and he has to keep his dribble alive and basically dribble back out because he's not going to be able to put a shot up against three or four Texas A&M players in the trees. He has to be very strategic about how he gets the shot off and it's because of his height. But I think last night was clear as day that this roster is missing Kennedy Chandler. Or a player like Kennedy Chandler. Because you look over on the other sideline, and they have multiple players at the guard position that can drive the ball to the basket and finish at the basket and create their own shot. Even with Zakai being as good as he is with on-ball defense, Taylor was still able to do that. Wade Taylor. He was still able to get to the rim. Uh, we saw Boots, Boots Raffer being able to do that as well. And Tennessee has the best defense in the country. Tennessee just doesn't have anyone that can do that. And I think... That was glaring last night. Swain, there was conversation leading up to the game with Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips going through warm-ups. There was also the question all day yesterday, would Santiago Vescovi play? He did play, struggled at times, but was fighting through to try to help his team. He was asked after the game about it and said, it's not about me. and not worried about himself in the comments. But there were interesting comments during the second half about Josiah specifically, and then also this from Rick Barnes after the game. He was asked during the Zoom press conference that was held after Tennessee's loss against Texas A&M about the status of Julian and Josiah, who have missed several games now. Any progress for those guys in getting back to the court in the game for Tennessee? Here's what Rick Barnes said. So, you know, I know that I'd have to believe they're doing everything they can to get back. I mean, I, I believe that. I mean, uh, with all my, I have to believe it with all my heart because I think they, they're, they're competitive. They want to play. And, uh, but, uh, again, no one's working any harder than what Chad and Garrett are. And they're doing, they're, they're doing what we're asking them to do, but we're not going we, – we don't want them to play unless, unless they're healthy. Rick Barnes said that after the game. I have to believe they're doing everything they can to get back on the court. He said he does believe that, but he offered up, I have to believe that, when that wasn't really being questioned during the press conference. Uh, But from the fan standpoint of trying to figure out what's going on, when they might get back to the court, there were also these comments during the second half of the broadcast 
from Jimmy Dykes, the color analyst during the game on ESPN about Josiah Jordan-James. So hard to win a game on the road against a really good team, Texas A&M, when you're shorthanded. It's part of the game, but no Josiah Jordan-James, who's he's a double-figure guy when he's playing, Julian Phillips, driving, freshman. Lots of shoot around. I thought there was an opportunity for Josiah Jordan James to get in to play tonight. I saw nothing from him that told me he couldn't play tonight. Just, just to be brutally honest about it. That was Jimmy Jimmy Dykes along with Carl Ravitch on the ESPN broadcast. So those comments and what Rick Barnes said after the game has left fans wondering: Okay, what exactly is going on? What is the status? What's the holdup? Oh boy. Man, that's that was uh, that was tough because as as an athlete, you have all these different injuries, and then you have like a you know guideline. You have a kind of like a, a, a guideline book of recovery and things you do as far as rehab and treatment to get a guy back on the court. And there's usually a timeline. With a sprained ankle, there's a timeline with a hip flexor, and everyone is different in how they respond to treatment, respond to medicine, and everyone heals different. As an athlete, only you know your body. No one else knows how you feel. No one else knows um, what type of pain you're in. And so this is tough because you have Jimmy Dykes on the broadcast who is – one of my favorite analysts in the game, period, regardless of sports. He's a guy that played, he coached men's and women's. Um, I like how he goes about his business and how he treats people and what matters to, to him um, outside of sports. Like Jimmy Dykes is one of my favorite. So for him to see Josiah George James in warm-ups, and say to himself, you know, he looks like he can play. Like, he looks fine. He looks totally able to play and help and help his team. Now, did Jimmy factor in that Josiah is also dealing with a knee? How far along is that knee? Is that knee 100%? Or is that knee still bothering him? So you combine that with the ankle, and that's a bigger problem for Josiah. That was not that was not mentioned. Only Josiah knows his body and if he can help this team or not. And here's a guy that's he's one of the leaders. He's a he's a senior. And the last thing you want is guys in your locker room to question if you're really hurt enough to where you can't play and help us win. Because this is a brotherhood that we have seen with Tennessee basketball. This is a culture that prides themselves on putting others first. It's not about me. Well, playing when you're hurt is the ultimate sacrifice sometimes because you're playing for your school. You're playing for your brothers. You're putting yourself to the side and doing what's best for your team. And so you really have to be hurt and injured, especially this time of the year when you're going through some adversity to say, man, I, I I can't go. It'll be very hard for me to sit there and watch my team lose 
four out of six games, now four five out of seven, and not be foaming at the mouth to try to get in and play. That's personally my my take. And I'm a guy who played on a Heinkel sprain. That looking back on it now, it probably was a mistake. <laughs> but I didn't. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Think about it like that, Ben. I was only thinking about helping helping my team, and I was a captain, and I just felt like I owed it to my teammates to do whatever I can to help and play. And there was a moment in the Alabama game in 06 that I physically took myself out of the game because I didn't think I would be able to help my team. And I didn't want to hurt my team by being less than 60%. So only Josiah knows how he feels and Julian Phillips as well. So that's between him and his teammates and his coaches in that locker room. Man, you got to be able to look at, look at your guys in the face, in the eyes, and tell them, hey, man, I can't go. If you can't go, you can't go. But if you can and you can help, man, you got to be out there helping, helping your boys. So I'm not going to sit here and judge Josiah or Julian. They have to make that judgment themselves. They got to look each other in the mirror, and they have to be the ones to talk to their teammates uh, about their ability to help this team uh, win games because they need it right now. They do. They have South Carolina next. That's a game you have to win at home. Uh, have to win by a lot, in my opinion. Uh, South Carolina coming up Saturday, then Arkansas at home. That's senior night, and then Auburn on the road. That's it for the regular season. Then it's postseason time. We'll talk about what happened last night, what's happened here in the last couple weeks, but also the odds still being in Tennessee's favor against most of the competition as we get closer to the postseason. That info when we come back as we continue with today's show at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln on Kingston Pike. We have a lot to discuss this afternoon. We're with you until 3 o'clock. Thank you for being with us. You can call or text in at 865-656-9900. Bill Connolly of ESPN, 15 minutes from right now as we continue on Josh and Swain on 99.1, the sports animal. This is Josh and Swain. Thank you for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Call or text in, 865-656-9900. Thoughts on Tennessee basketball. Three regular season games to go, then it's postseason time. We are getting close to March Madness. Tennessee falling on the road last night against Texas A&M. We're going to talk college football 10 minutes from right now. Bill Connolly of ESPN will join us. His SP Plus rankings have Josh Heupel's team ranked number six in the country heading into the 2023 season. He was high on the balls last year, and that was backed up. So we'll get to Bill coming up 10 minutes from right now as the show continues at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln. Swain, despite the recent struggles for Tennessee, another loss last night, four out of five, five out of seven, as you mentioned earlier. Caesars national championship odds have Tennessee with the six best odds to win it. The NCAA net rankings have Tennessee number three in the country. 
Ken Palm still has Tennessee as the number five team in the country. The odds are still positive for Tennessee compared to everybody else, despite, not everybody else, almost everybody else, despite the last few weeks. What do you think when you see that versus what you've seen on the court, which does include the absence of two important players, Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips, who are expected to come back relatively soon? I still have hope in this team because this team plays their butt off. They still play for one another. Um, they're sharing the basketball. This is the best defense in the in the, in the country, and you have Julian Phillips and, and Josiah. That's that's currently not playing, and so the net rankings, the Kim Palm ratings, Caesar Sportsbook having Tennessee is plus sixteen hundred six best odds to win national championship. Honestly, that's what gives me hope because the, the the analytics and also the experts understand that Tennessee can do something special, but offense right now is, is an issue. And when you have 40% of your roster out, two guys who can make outside shots, two guys that can um, make plays inside of, of the paint, not being there, like that, that gives me – reason to be be optimistic but like right now it's it's frustrating because we see the picture right in front of us the picture right in front of us says that this team has lost the last five out of seven but i still believe this team can can go do something special but like i said before like the consigliere there's so much pressure on him uh I, i'm so so proud of uh, v- Vescovy. It's hard, man, to to be yourself when you're not yourself. Like, it's so hard. Whether you have a physical injury, a sprained ankle, or, you know, you're dealing with a cramp or something like that, or a headache. Man, this guy has not practiced in a couple days. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on what it w- was. I know you wasn't feeling great. But you look at the, the season that it is, it's flu season, COVID is starting to, you know, come on back. I mean, people are getting hurt. Um, and sick more now this time of the year, and so for for him to go out there and play, not only just play and give us 36 minutes, which was the most <laughs> of anyone last night, but he was 40% from three. He poured in 14 points, 10 rebounds. I mean, Santi's like six two, six three. I mean, I. Did an interview with him a couple weeks ago. Stood up. I mean, he's ain't that much taller than me, and had seven assists. He was three assists away from a triple double. I mean, he played his heart out. I know the results are not what we wanted, but you can you can you can coach that. Like you can you can still do something with this team. They just need their guys back. And offensively, Zaka Ziegler, he needs help. I mean, four assists, four turnovers. That's not what you want. If you're gonna have four turnovers, you gotta have eight assists. You gotta have a two to one assist to turnover ratio. But to have an assist, you have you have to have other guys making plays when you're passing the ball. You gotta have other guys making shots when you're passing the ball. And I think when Phillips and uh, 
Josiah gets back, I think that's going to help Ziegler's numbers and his workload. Tennessee fought. There's no question about that last night. I mean, Vescovy, to not know if he could go, and then he goes for 36 minutes, and you could tell he was struggling through at times, but he also found ways to try to help Tennessee, and that's a big reason they had a shot to win late. Olivier Kamwa, who... Yeah, he he made a couple of mistakes late, but he also played 35 minutes for you and then 34 minutes from Zakai Ziegler. Those guys gave themselves a shot to win when, as the second half went along, it didn't look like they would have. They fought back to be in that position. We'll, we'll come back and talk more about that as the show goes along. Bill Conley is going to join us next. Uh, why his numbers say Tennessee is a top 10 team, the number six team in the country heading into the 23 college football season. That when we come back right here on Josh and Swain with today's show at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln on Kingston Pike on 99.1, the sports animal. Josh and Swain continues on this Wednesday afternoon with today's show at Ted Russell Ford at Lincoln, the Kingston Pike location. Remember the website, tedrussellford.net. We'll be here until 3 o'clock this afternoon alongside VFL, former Tennessee wide receiver Jason Swain. I'm Josh Ward, and we are excited to go to the Stanley Fencing Gates hotline to say hello to Bill Conley, who has the SP Plus rankings, which we love to cite here on the show. You can see them at ESPN.com. The preseason 2023 rankings have been updated recently. And, Bill, thanks a lot for taking time, as always, to join us. Last year, your numbers were high on Tennessee, and, and it played out in that direction with Tennessee winning 11 games. Right now, Tennessee is number six for the 23 season. What, what do you think, despite a few key players leaving, still has Tennessee so high heading into the next year? Yeah, I think, um, I, and obviously anytime you have a new starting quarterback, I think the, the volatility levels end up being a little higher here, like the, the range of outcomes. But yeah, I mean, right now we're looking at you know two games where they're projected underdogs by about six points at Bama, and of course, you know at home against Georgia by about five points. Otherwise, they're favored across the board. There are a couple games that are relatively close but i mean things have shaped up pretty well i think you know obviously recruiting um you know the use of the transfer portal to kind of fill in gaps uh, in experience has certainly helped um honestly from a returning production standpoint the fact that cedric tillman missed half the year and therefore guys like mccoy and keaton and some of the, the players who they'll be counting on this year they, they don't miss tillman as much in the numbers because he missed half the year so um it does seem like there's pretty good experience across the board maybe you know a little thin linebacker perhaps um you know depending on how transfer shakes out but otherwise it's pretty much if milton's good tennessee's going to be really really good are you putting a lot of stock in and josh heupel's system the fact that he's been successful offensively wherever he has been especially the last two years of tennessee or or do you believe in in joe milton from what you've seen in the bowl game or maybe it's a combination of both yeah, I mean, I think basically from a numbers standpoint, I mean, the fact that, um, you know, Heupel shows up, uh, they, they were averaged the four years before Heupel got there, they averaged an offensive FP plus ranking of 86 uh, in the country. Uh, they've been third and second in two years under Heupel. And, and so that point, recent history is pretty kind uh, to the Vols. And, and obviously that was mostly with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. But, yeah, from a numbers standpoint, you're seeing – a little bit of returning production at quarterback because Milton did see some time last year, but really you're just seeing awesome recent history and the rest of the uh, offense being extremely experienced. So that's a pretty good combination. And obviously, even if Milton doesn't work out, then there are other options there at quarterback too. So they, they should be able to still they should be able to still score lots of points. Bill Conley is with us, ESPN.com. He has his SP Plus rankings, and you mentioned Tennessee would be 
an underdog against Alabama and Georgia, I would say, understandably, with both of those, and they're ranked ahead of Tennessee. But that wasn't a huge margin that you mentioned. How would you compare the gap of Tennessee to Alabama and Georgia to some of the schools that would rank behind Tennessee, within the Eastern Division at least, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina? What is the difference in those two gaps, Tennessee to the teams ahead of the Vols and then behind Tennessee? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this year you're looking at Alabama starting out fourth overall, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> That's the lowest that I think they've ever been when, since I started doing this. Um, and it's because the just the massive turnover that they're dealing with um, on the depth chart, much less with the coordinator changes and everything. Still fourth is pretty good, and, and Tennessee is about three points behind them. But you do – like LSU's right there with Tennessee in seventh. But then there's about a seven-point drop almost from, uh, from LSU and Tennessee – down to number to A and M and Ole Miss are pretty close together in seventeen eighteen. Florida's at twenty, about a point and a half back from there. There is a humongous drop off after the top four this season. Obviously, Georgia's ahead of the pack, but um, it does. There's a lot of teams in the SEC between seventeenth and thirty third, but there's still a pretty big gap between all of those teams in Tennessee and LSU. Offensively, this this team over the last two years they've been prolific. They've been hard to stop. Uh, defensively, even though they've done some really good things as far as um, you know, getting tackles behind the line of scrimmage, forcing turnovers, uh, that's still a weak part of this football team. But what's your take on the improvement that the defense is, is going to make in 2023? I know you mentioned something about the linebackers, but uh, your overall feel, take about the improvement of this defense. Yeah, I mean, the main reason they went from 7-6 and six to 11-2 uh, and two last year was the defense, right? I mean, that's the, the offense was good both years, but uh, using SP Plus again, after falling to 88th that first year under Hypo, they jumped to 30th last year. And, I mean, that, obviously you want to be a little better than that if you want to win the win the national title or something, but you'll win a lot of games with a top two or three de- offense and a top 30 defense. Um, and so I think – for the most part, the experience levels are good on, on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary, which tends to be that from a from a projection standpoint, it does seem like there's a lot continuity in the secondary t- tends to make a bigger difference um, in like year to year improvement or regression than elsewhere. Very very experienced secondary, so that's a really good sign. Like I said, I mean. Obviously, you know, losing whatever it is, like four of the top five linebackers or something, some new guys, some some uh, more recent signings will have to step up in that regard. But you can overcome that if your secondary is awesome and then your defense is disrupted. So I think they're, they're, proje- they're 30th, they're projected 30 seconds this year. That feels about right to me. I don't know if they have another gear or not, but they should be able to match last year's production at least. Bill Conley, ESPN.com with the College Football SP. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. 
Inside Look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Plus rankings. You mentioned where Texas A&M is, number 17. It's a team that really underachieved. Last year, Texas A&M actually will come to Knoxville this year to take on Tennessee. But what do you make of Texas A&M's position? One, the personnel. Then how do you project with Bobby Petrino coming in to join forces with Jimbo? Yeah, they were, I think, either the highest or second highest in, in returning production heading into this off season here uh, in, within the SEC. Um, and a lot of that's on the defensive side. We obviously heard a lot about transfers and whatnot, and that might hurt in the future, but most of those guys were second stringers or, or reserves. Most of the guys who actually played last year are coming back, and I think defense should be absolutely fantastic. Uh, so that they'll have that uh, to lean on. Obviously, defense wasn't a problem last year either. The offense uh, falling from 28th to 65th to 71st over the last two years uh, is what has caused their issues and, and led to a lot of really – Close losses. I think that's part's important to, to remember, though. There, there were a lot of close losses. You know, three points to Auburn, three to Ole Miss, six to South Carolina, four to Alabama, three to App State. Of course, um, they were very even. Even with a terrible offense for for their standards, they were still very close to a perfectly fine year. And so, if you think Bobby Petrino, the combination of Bobby Petrino and any sort of boost from experience on offense, obviously they lose a Shane, but they return most of the other key guys does feel like they're in, in a, a good position to improve. I don't think they're going to be a top-10 team by any means, but I could certainly see them getting back to, you know, seven, eight, nine wins and, and a top-20-ish kind of ranking. I don't think that's out of the, the realm of possibility at all. Where's Florida right now? You, you mentioned the ranking number 20, but in terms of how you view the state of the program, which is undergoing more defensive, co- I guess both sides of the ball, but uh, defensive coordinator yeah. change here in the last 24 hours. Yeah, it was kind of awkward timing for a coordinator change, but I mean, I I think overall, you know, they they're already kind of dealing with some some questionable experience levels on the defensive side, outside the defensive line at least. Um, Really, the numbers like them in part because while Anthony Richardson is gone, most of the rest of the offense returns. Well, Osiris Torrance is gone too, Uh, but they're bringing in. They brought in three, I think, transfer linemen. Uh, Pearsall and most of the receivers return. Montreal Johnson and, and ATN return. It seems like they're in pretty good shape there if they just get solid quarterback play from Mertz or Miller or whoever it ends up being. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't blown away by Mertz, so I can't guarantee they will get that solid quarterback play. But that's kind of what they're they're looking at there. Defense though is kind of interesting. They do they lose a couple linebackers, a good hat what half the two deep uh, in the secondary. There's a lot of turnover there. Um, SP Plus likes them in part because, I mean, they've had a solid recent history for the most part, and they do seem to, you know, they recruited top 15 class plus a lot of transfers is a good way to, to get SP Plus to smile on you in that regard. Um, so it, it, they're probably fine, but they're still, they're only fine. I, they're, they're probably not a threat to be a top 10 team this year. How do, how do you factor in transfers? Uh, because you got coaching changes, you have guys that, for whatever reason, maybe they couldn't play at the previous play, so they just want a new. Um, you know, tra- they want to change the scenery, play on a bigger platform with a bigger, bigger program brand uh, on their helmet, but not knowing 
what they're going to do there and the new teammates they're going to have, new coordinators, new coach. How do you factor in that into your equation to try to figure out if the players coming in is actually going to be impactful? <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's gotten a lot trickier, obviously. Before in the last <laughs> couple of years, and I, I, I was pretty – I was pretty good with basically taking your production at your last school and cramming it into the returning production formula. And that, that sufficed for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that was back when, if you signed six transfers, it was a lot. And now I think last year, the national average for FBS was like seven or eight. Um, so things have obviously changed dramatically there. And what I've tried to do is I still do the returning production piece, but I've tried to, factor the recruiting rankings that I use for these projections. It's not just, you know, your freshman class coming in. It's transfer quality. It's transfer volume. I've tried to kind of account for it in that way, too. And I think now that we have a year of data, like now that last year we see what the effects were of suddenly teams signing 16, 18, 20 transfers, have a pretty good idea, at least, of of how that's going to work this time. We'll see. We'll see, but um, I, at least there's at least we have a little bit of data in that regard now, as opposed to last year when I was kind of flying blind. Yeah, nobody's ever challenged SP Plus more than Deion Sanders, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley last year yeah. was kind of the uh, the best test case possible, and this year, I mean, they're, they're, Colorado's projected to improve as much as anybody um, in SP Plus this coming year, problem was they were, they finished like 125th last year. They were so terrible and so devoid of all talent that it does feel like they're going to improve by more than that. But I, they they still they're starting from scratch and bringing in 40 whatever guys. It's going to be pretty crazy. I'm I'm comfortable like just under accepting that they're pretty unprojectable at the moment and going with that. Swain can confirm nothing excites me more than when we get updated SP Plus spreadsheet projections. So go check him out, ESPN.com. Bill Conley, who does great work and is always great to join us. Bill, thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate it and hopefully talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Bill Conley, ESPN, joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. You cannot beat spreadsheet season, Swain. No, you can't beat Bill Conley. I mean, he was the guy that was highest on the balls. Uh, before the season so he told everybody his, his numbers laid it out yep. yeah i mean he, he he was the closest to being being right so he's someone you better definitely listen to if you're a tennessee fan because he nailed it last year and his numbers right now have tennessee at number six in the country heading into the 2023 season we will come back we'll hit the face off five tough questions from joel silverberg who will set us up as we continue with today's show at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln, the Kingston Pike location, also located on Parkside Drive and always available on the website, tedrussellford.net. Jabari Davis at the start of the 1 o'clock hour. We continue on Josh and Swain on 99.1, the sports animal. This is Josh and Swain. Thanks for being with us. Thankful to be right here at the Kingston Pike location, Ted Russell Ford Lincoln today. Bad Take Andy doing a great job engineering for us right here. Joel Silverberg producing. will set us up with the face-off in just a moment as we will be here until 3 o'clock. Beautiful day to roam the lot. Check out the different options they have for you in the Ford lineup, different options in their truck series with the F-Series, Ranger, Mavericks, Super Duty trucks. They can help you with work trucks. TedRussellFord.net is where you can begin the search online. TedRussellFord.net with easy purchase online available for you. Or come on down here, Kingston Pike, next to Walker Springs Road, or Parkside Drive. Two locations for you, locally owned and operated, Ted Russell Ford Lincoln. Ahead of the faceoff, we talked about the status of Josiah Jordan James and Julian Phillips. Well, I read from Grant Ramey at VolQuest on 3.com. 
Josiah spoke at the Big Orange Tip-Off Club today, Swain, and he did provide an update on his status, telling the crowd, as I read from the story, quote, I'm doing great. These last couple weeks, I've been doing extensive work with Chad, our athletic trainer, and then G, uh, that being uh, Garrett Mendenwald, our strength and conditioning coach. Hopefully, barring any setbacks, I'll be out there Saturday looking forward to it. Yeah, I know I'm looking forward to it. Um, seeing him play and, and seeing how different this team is going to be. I know they're going to look great considering the competition that they're going up against. I mean, South Carolina's the worst team in the league, but it'd be good to see him back and running around. Yeah, this would be a good game to get out there and, and get some minutes in a what should be low-stress game in terms of trying to win, as next week is a big one. Arkansas at home and then at Auburn to close out the regular season. We'll talk more Tennessee hoops. We'll get to the uh, the Alabama story that developed as our show was going on yesterday here over the next couple hours. Jabari Davis at 1 o'clock as right now we hit today's faceoff. You want some? Come get some. Head to head, toe to toe. Let's go one on one with today's face-off. What's to be the man? You gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Let's get this mother crock. Presented by Marble City Family Chiropractic. Joel, what do you have for us today? What is the biggest takeaway from Tennessee's loss at Texas A&M? There's some missing tools in the toolbox um, with with the roster. I mean, that's my biggest takeaway. When you play hard. The way that Tennessee did, you know, last night, when you look at some of the key statistics uh, as a team, like field goal percentage, where Tennessee was better than Texas A&M, uh, made more threes, shot a better percentage than Texas A&M, uh, rebounding, out-rebounding Texas A&M, um, the turnovers, minus two in that department, but what a killer. Rick Barnes talked about fouling three-point shooters and things like that. That's a, That was a big problem. Gave up five points, but I think it's the missing tool in the toolbox. I mean, you want to have a low post game, guys who can rebound. You want to have guys who can shoot on the outside, ball handlers. But this 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 team right now, roster, they are missing someone that can create their own shot off the dribble drive and finish at the basket. That was the biggest takeaway for me from last night's game. Yeah, I could be proven wrong in terms of what the results will be over the next few weeks, but I felt better about Tennessee at the end of the game than I did at tip-off because of the way they fought and played with a chance to win down two starters. If those guys come back healthy, then Tennessee can still be a dangerous team. Which SEC team is most underrated or overrated in the SP Plus rankings? Yeah, I'm going to go overrated. I'm going to go with Mississippi State at 23. We know what happened last season, tragically, with Mike Leach. That's a whole roster that was recruited to run Mike Leach's system, a pass-first system. And then, abruptly, you're you're changing the coach who is changing his philosophy, and you still have a roster of players built for Mike Leach's offense. So, uh, I think they're going to struggle. And I think they, they might be a little overrated at 23. <laughs> So I think South Carolina's a little underrated at 33 behind Missouri, behind a bunch of SEC teams. I think South Carolina needs to be, with its quarterback coming back, a top 25 team this upcoming year. So I'll say South Carolina underrated. Mets manager Buck Showalter said we might see relief pitchers use golf carts to enter the game. Are you down with golf carts for the relievers? 
Uh, absolutely. It'd be entertaining. It'd be funny. And uh, you, you see this push around sports to speed up the games. I mean, I don't know why football is trying to be sped up. I didn't think the games were long uh, that long at all. But baseball certainly is a game that is very long. And so if you have a, a, a relief pitcher who is not sprinting, which is that's always my favorite when a guy sprints from the bullpen yes. into the mound. But if he's not sprinting, then give him a golf cart so he can hurry up. Yeah, and uh, you know, bullpen cars have been around. Uh, I am all for it as long as it is an entertaining part of the game. I don't want some stripped-down, bland cart. I want something that's souped up, designed, loud. I want intro music playing from the cart for all to hear in the stadium. The U.S.'s win over the Soviets and Al Michaels' Do You Believe in Miracles call happened 43 years ago today. What is your favorite upset win of all time? My, my favorite is NC State, 1983, beating Houston. Uh, NC State was a six seed. Houston had Clyde Drexler. They had Akeem Olajuwon on that squad. Uh, that was the five-slamma-jamma uh, team that was unbeaten, couldn't be beat, was destined to win a championship. Uh, NC State went through Rolf Sampson and the Virginia team, and just knowing – more now about Jimmy V with the Jimmy V Foundation and, and the inspiration he was to that team. I mean, th- this this first-year coach or young coach at the beginning of the season to win his team over and practice, grabbed a ladder and made the guys practice cutting down the nets. And that's the moment that his team was won over and that team believed in that coach. And they went on and, and do it. So that's probably my favorite upset of all time. We should have you practice good sports takes. Maybe that would change things up a little bit for the show. Says the person who lost four straight face-offs. Trying to change that. Uh, put me down. I didn't have a rooting interest in the game. A lot of people did. But the Giants keeping the Patriots from getting to 19-0. But it's the David Tyree catch in the middle of it. It's Eli Manning, who is not a mover and shaker, moving and shaking away from the defense while there were probably three or four holds on the play. Uh, really? But the Giants stopping the Patriots from... The perfect undefeated season. It's National California Day. What's your favorite song about the state of California? Man, a lot of good songs to choose from. Man, a lot of great ones. Uh, I'm going to go with California Love because that's my genre of of choice, uh, R&B and hip-hop. But, man, there's a lot of really good choices outside of hip-hop and and R&B, man. You you know, you think about uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, their song. Uh, you think about Katy Perry and her song, man. There's some really good songs, man. Uh, I do like California uh, by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I do like that song, though. Yeah, but I'm Hotel going with California, California Love. Uh, California Love was one of my honorable mentions last week when we were talking. Dre, I'd put it in the honorable mention category here. I'll go California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. There have been some great uh, either remix or covers of the song. So California Dreamin', my answer. All right, Josh gets the win. Sympathy win. No call to come back, Swain. Sympathy win. I got healthy. Full arsenal here today. Ended your streak. You're I don't in the face-off. I don't know how you won with that, with that South Carolina take. But I think Joe felt bad for you. Are you are you kidding me? The Patriots losing to the Giants? That's the best upset you can come up with? 
a professional team who had a, a top defense and a pass rush from hell, that's that's your upset? Yeah, you're right. You're right. The Patriots' perfect season, maybe the greatest team of all time, losing in the Super Bowl with all that on the line. What, what a what a forgettable game that one was. Yep. You know what I almost went with was the uh, Argentina went on to win the World Cup, right? But their first match, Saudi Arabia, winning in the World Cup a few months ago because of all the great videos of the fans losing their minds, breaking off doors to celebrate uh, madness. But. Uh, I went with what I went with, and I got the win. In the face-off, presented by Marble City Family Chiropractic. Call them up, 766-2081. They can help you with your aches and pains in a natural way. They'll figure out a plan for you and walk you through every step, no matter your age, no matter what you're dealing with. Doctors Jason and Alicia Bloom can help. Call 766-2081. Find them online, marblecitychiropractic.com. Speaking of helping, Jabari Davis, VFL, former Tennessee running back, continues to do that right here in the community. We'll talk football with him. We'll tell you about what's coming up an event uh, that we'll give back as well as we come back with two hours to go here on Josh and Swain at Ted Russell Ford Lincoln today on Kingston Pike on 99.1, the sports animal. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. 